Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I'm so glad you joined me tonight. Whatever part of the world you're listening to, whatever time zone you're listening to, if it's the morning or evening, afternoon, whatever the case may be, I'm so delighted that you came tonight and that you're joining us for Dr. Frank Sumrall's Bible study. Tonight is Cosmic Warfare that he's going to be teaching on the the book of Daniel and, and chapter 10. And I am looking forward to it very much, and I, and I, Dr. Frank Summer has been in the ministry for over, over 50 years, and he's just a, he's a wonderful man of God that has a passion for souls and for people. And with no further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Dr. Frank Summerall because it is your Bible study, Dr. Frank Summerall. I'm just hosting it for you and giving you the airtime. <laughs> so take your liberty in the Holy Ghost. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. We have a lot of interesting things to say in regard to cosmic warfare. What I'm going to be dealing with in uh, Daniel chapter 10, if you turn over to Daniel 10, first of what I want to share with you here basically is the angelic operations. Now, there are some people teach that there's more than just the major angels that have names. Now, the Bible declares that one is Lucifer. We know about him. We're going to talk about him a little bit. And then, of course, you have Michael. He is the prince of war. Then you have Gabriel. He's part and parcel of the whole thing called communication. So you've got Michael, war, Gabriel, communication, and Lucifer at one time was in charge of the worship. So those major ones that you have. Now, all the way through the Word of God, it doesn't mention about any other particular name of an angel. It doesn't say that. It says that there's a host of angels around. I'm sure they all have names. I don't believe that we get to heaven we're actually going to know the names of the angels. The Bible ascribes to us and tells us that when we're born, we have an angel. <laughs> That's an amazing word right there. That when we're born... Angels have been subscribed to us for protection and help and healing and all kind of good things that God has done. Now, we're not getting on, you know, weird or anything like that. We're just talking about what the Word of God says. Now, I want you to take a look at a couple of things here. One of the things having to do with the fact of the angelic activity, that's really what created the flood. You had the sons of Cain connection with the daughters of earth. And that created the giant race. And... Noah said, and God said through Noah, he said that that he would not live in the earth anymore like that. That's why he brought the blood to take the sin away. I'll, I'll read it to you here. It had to do with the fact that God was so upset with the human race, he wanted to wipe us off of the face of the earth. And uh, intercession, of course, was made. And what happened, it said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We're dealing in Genesis chapter 6. And as we look to that sixth chapter, we find exactly what we were saying about that. So uh, verse 3, it says in 6, The Lord said, My spirit will not always strive with man, but also his flesh, and the day shall be 120 years. 
And then verse 4 says, There were giants in the earth in those days. Also after that, when the sons of God came to the daughters of men, they bare children. They became the mighty men, which of old men of renown. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts in his heart was only continual evil all the time, evil continually. Then it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man from whom I created the face of the earth, both man, beast, creeping thing, the fowls of the air, and repents me, I made him. Verse 8, what a word here. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So all that started coming together. God says, Okay, I want you to build an ark. He tells us about verse 14, all the way down through. And verse 22, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him to do. So he built that ark. Now, because of the size of the ark in itself, possibly helpers to that could have been giants. They could have taken big trees and moved them around. And got them notched out and put in there. It's very possible. Because to have anything having to do with Noah, they, they were mocking him. Isn't it amazing that he lived to be 120 years and he didn't have one single convert? Noah did not have a convert. These people mocked him. But it wasn't until the rain came they began to believe. And that's why God had to shut the door. We have the same situation. It said, as in the days of Noah. We're living about the same time. Days of Noah and the days of Lot. And we see all these different things happening around the world. All these crazy, crazy things happening. Because we're nearing that time. Now, what we see here in regard to that, look at Daniel. And if you want to do a study, I'll give you a few thoughts there for the study. Having to do with the fact that when angelic activity was shown forth, then victory came every time. Did you know that in the giant race, they it actually had a place with that this was a King Og. He was a king of Bashan. And his bedstead, you find it in Deuteronomy 3.11, his bedstead was 18 feet 9 inches by 8 foot 4 inches. That's it. Man, man, that, man, that big boy. That's even bigger than Goliath was in the land of Bashan. So, here's what I put down in. I said, so what? God's power took them all down. <laughs> Starting at Goliath and going on. Whatever it is. The angelic activity. It tells us in Joshua chapter 5 that the, the captain of the Lord of hosts came and talked to Joshua. I believe this was Jesus. Because after that, he commanded him to worship. The only time that worship you can only worship when not to worship angels. But in the Old Testament, when they worshipped, it was Jesus. It was the Father. They worshipped. They never worshipped angels. All right. Now as we watch these things happening like that, more and more and more, uh, we're talking about the unseen. We're talking about those things. Now, you, you possibly haven't heard this before, but I'll, I'll inform you. Uh, we lived in Hong Kong several years ago, back in the early 60s. We just got there. I went to school, and I forgot that the direction of traffic was only in a certain measure, certain only in a certain way. And so because of that measure of traffic, I looked the wrong way, 
and a city bus was coming my direction without me knowing. Something behind me hit me all the way across that thoroughfare. It must have been eight lanes at least. And I went flying through the air with the greatest speed around my feet. The Chinese thought I was an acrobat when they saw me flying through the air. I looked around and shook myself. I didn't realize what had happened. And so I went home later that afternoon and I said, Mom, she said, first thing she said, where were you at 8.05? I said, I was trying to cross the street. Something hit me by, and then she started crying. I said, don't cry, Mom. I'm alive. He said, you don't know my story. It, at exactly the time that you mentioned, Frank, I was in prayer, and God told me, he said, pray for Frank, because the enemy is trying to take him out. And so an angel had to hit me, knock me across that thoroughfare, so I wouldn't be hurt or harmed. We have angelic acts which help God's people. Thank God for it. Now, we are not to tempt the Lord God by doing something crazy. I tried that already in life. I mean, I had four motorbikes one time. And it's only the mercy of God I'm even alive. I mean, I rode those things way over 100 miles an hour, and I did all kind of crazy stuff. And even on gravel, oh, you couldn't believe. Anyway, I'm not going to give you a graphic. But I'm saying this, the angels were there, even though I was stupid. So he will help you. He will encourage you. He'll lift you up. Now, let's look at the life over here at Daniel. What we're talking about, we're talking about cosmic warfare. And we talk about cosmic warfare because there is a war going on between the good and, and the evil. The good are the angelic forces of heaven. That, of course, is demonic forces. And so, as you see, turn with me to Daniel chapter 10, and we'll kind of get into this a little bit. Because really, in teaching this, you need to teach, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, teach about demonology. But no, no, I teach about dealing with the devil. Because demonology has variations to it. So, if you talk about dealing with the devil and all the things that happen, all the things that have taken place, and what he's trying to do. And what does the word say? The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That Jesus says, but I've come to give you life. And life more blessed. Hallelujah. Now, now, let's look over here at Daniel. Daniel, so what this is actually speaking about in the cosmic warfare, this is about the fourth and the final prophecy of Daniel. The prophetic time or so minute in detail that people disregard this as history and not prophecy. Some scholars actually teach that they must have been written after the events already occurred. However, we know God's able to reveal what he foresees to his people. Daniel chapter 10, beginning of verse 5, verse 11. And he said to me, O Daniel, and greatly beloved, understand the word that I speak to you, stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. And while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. That's how you're going to be in the presence of angels, the presence of Almighty God. Then he said to me, don't fear. Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your word. Boy, isn't that powerful? I have come because of your word. Now, I see this. God's not a respecter of persons. This happened to bring him instruction. There was a special reason here. I have come because of your words. 
Now, notice what he was doing. This was a time period. But this is why the angel told him, he said, now there has been interference. There have been problems. And I have not been able to get down to you because of there has been an attack in the heavenly. So like verse 13, he says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, these are demonic princes. Which stood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, that's on God's side, came to help me. Now, if you've not caught this a little bit ago, I was teaching and saying that the ones that have the greatest archangels, they're called great angels. You have one called Gabriel. He's always the one that brings communication. Then you have Michael. Michael is an angel of war. Then you had Lucifer, which, which was the angel of worship. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So in that direction, in that thought, in that plan, as that thing was continuing to move on, let's look at it here. He said, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I've come for your word. But the prince of Persia, should be 21 days, and Michael, one of the chief princes, that's God, came to help me, for I've been left alone here in the kings of Persia. Now, let's go back to the beginning here of that chapter. In chapter 10, we see something very interesting in the beginning part. He said, in the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. The message was true. But the appointed time was long, and he understood the message, had an understanding of the vision. Daniel said, in those days, he was mourning for three full weeks. That's 21 days. And, ladies and gentlemen, we have lost Dr. Frank Summerall's call has dropped, so I'm going to let him know, and while I'm letting him know, I'm going to have you enjoy a song by Leland called Refresh Me. You enjoy that while I contact Dr. Frank Summerall.
Well, everyone, refresh me. My goodness, thank God for the Holy Spirit who does refresh us. And Brother Frank is back on the line, and I'm going to hand this uh, back over to you, Dr. Frank Summer. You're live on the air. Please continue and take your liberty in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> well, that's proof right there. The enemy doesn't want this out there. The cosmic warfare started. So it's in contact with cosmic warfare is moving on. Well, what we're talking about in Daniel chapter 10, verse 2, it says, In those days I sat and was mourning for three weeks. That's 21 days. I ate no present food, no meat, no wine came into my mouth. I didn't anoint myself. Three weeks were fulfilled. So he sought the Lord for those weeks before he experienced the marvelous revelation that was given to him. Look at verse 5. I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold a certain man. This has to be angelic. A certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Uphaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes the torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze brass, and the sound of his word like the voice of a multitude. Now, this is a, a, having to do with the fact that Cain, this angel came and visited Daniel. Now Daniel saw the vision, but the men who were with me did not see the vision. But great terror fell on them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone, and when I saw the great vision, no strength remained in me. For my figure was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. So the man who appeared to Daniel was clothed in linen. His face was lightning. His eyes were like lamps of fire. It looks like a celestial glory that was going on here. Too much for mortal flesh. Daniel was totally overcome. The strength he had in his body was totally gone from him because he saw this wonderful thing. And what I've said before, and I'll say it again, again reading now. And so the angel started speaking to Daniel. He said, now I've come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. And he's talking about the Jewish people. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he spoke these words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly... One having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before him, My Lord, because the vision of my sorrow has overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can the servant of the Lord talk with you? My Lord, as for me, no strength remains in me right now. Is there any breath left in me? Then again, one having the likeness of man touched me and strengthened me. He said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. And he said, do you know why I've come to you? Now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I've gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. So there was an attack back to back. But I tell you what's noted in the scripture truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. See that? For 21 days, Daniel fasted and prayed. And for these three weeks, it seemed that even though his prayer was unanswered, yet from that moment of time, God said to Daniel, he said, from the very day that that prayer was mentioned. Now, you see, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. Because we in the New Testament have a different plan, have a different purpose. And when we call unto God, and when we call out to him, and we ask in the name of Jesus, the power of the enemy is broken. I do not believe we have to wait 21 days. I don't believe that. That was then, not now. 
And all we have to do is reach through through our praise and through our worship and touch the very throne of God. And our hearts are open before him and say, Lord, we need this. Lord, we need that. We, we, we come before you. We worship you as your hands are raised and an attitude of worship. And worship will bring you right into the throne room of God. You hear me? Worship will bring you right into the throne room of God. That's, that's, that's what I want to do right now. I want you to lift your hands, wherever you are. Lift your hands and just give him worship. Give him worship. Give him worship. Give him worship. We praise and magnify and adore and bless your holy name. We thank you. 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 We thank you for what you're doing right now. We thank you that you're touching people. You're healing people. You're setting people free. We glory. We glory in your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So after Daniel had prayed for this amount of time, 21 days, for three weeks it seemed that nothing was going to happen. But the messenger was detained by these evil spirits, sent by the devil himself. So it was clear that Daniel was supposed to receive the revelation of what would happen to the Jewish people in the last days. Now, we just said that because here, I want to take you back to the very point in time, talking about the very fact of how this is back in Ezekiel. And I want to share with you in Ezekiel, just before the book of Daniel, in, in Ezekiel that gives information regarding two situations of that nature, talking about the same thing, talking about these things, talking about what God is doing. Uh, notice what it says here in the 28th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. And uh, then he goes on to say, verse 11, said, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyrus, saying to him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou that sealest up the sum of the totality of the wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, you see, the king had a demonic attack on him and in him, but the one he's talking to here, you were all the way back in the garden of God. This is what it identifies here. It's talking about Lucifer. You have been indeed in the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold. And the workmanship of your tablets of the pipes was prepared in you the day that you were created. So this is the interior speaking about Lucifer. That's what he, Lucifer, son of the morning. That's what he was. Lucifer. And Lucifer was the one to let the glory of God come through his body in order to come into the throne. I know when we get to heaven, we're going to see all these things because we can't hardly visualize what was happening here. And then he goes on to say, he says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I've set thee so, and you were upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways until iniquity was found in you. He goes on to say, by the multitude of your urban merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence. You have sinned, therefore I will cast you profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy you, a covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. And your heart was lifted up. Why? Because of your beauty. Thou hast corrupted by the wisdom and the reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. This hasn't happened yet, but it will. Lay you before kings, that they see you and hold you. And defile the sanctuary of the multitude of your iniquities, the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee and shall devour thee, and I will bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. Now, all that know thee, the people, shall be astonished at you and shall be a terror, but shall not be any more. Now, that's in Ezekiel. Oh, in the book of Isaiah, it says about the same thing. 
So we're dealing with powers and principalities. We're dealing these areas. But I say, and a lot of people have reverted back to the Old Testament information in regard to demonic force. The cosmic warfare is going on, true. But the name of Jesus is greater than any entity, any demonic force. <laughs> we have the name of Je- There are three things we have. We have the name of Jesus. We have the word of God. And we have the blood of the Lamb. We don't need any more than that. Those three are the weapons that we have. The name of Jesus. At that name, every knee shall bow, that tongue, and every tongue shall confess that you're Christ, your Lord, Lord of all. Then the blood. The blood is so great and so wonderful because the blood gives us liberty. No matter what you're facing, no matter what kind of situation, what kind of problem you're in, whatever demonic force has tried to array itself against you, the blood of Jesus is greater than that force. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I feel like having a party in here right now. Because what we're doing, we're exercising what God said. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. How? It's by the blood. It's by the blood. It's by the blood of the Lamb. Uh the Bible says that God gave him a name above every name. And in doing that, name is gained by inheritance. Father God gave him that name. <laughs> and we can use that name. He said, I've given my name to you. I've given my power to you. I've given my glory to you. I've given my life to you. But Jesus said, I've given you the keys. Ah, this is the way I see it. Because the devil actually thought at one point in time that he had won. He thought he was the victor, but he wasn't even close to being the victor. Here's what happened. When Jesus was on the cross, I believe they were had a party in hell. And as long as he was down there in the caverns of hell, they didn't think anything was going on. But as he descended lower and lower and lower, he came right down and walked right to there. And I believe he went right up to Satan himself. He pulled him off of his throne. And he grabbed from his belt the keys of hell and of death. You find this listed in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. He said, I have the keys of hell and of death. That's why we can sing, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And as he was coming through the caverns of hell, he said, I'm he who liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Because <laughs> we have the keys. He's given us the keys. We need to walk with those keys, hold those keys, treasure those keys that God has given to his people. We don't need to be in fear about anything. I don't care what kind of situation you might have. No fear. No fear. Remember one time Brother Sumro tells a story of in China that he was taken captive for over three hours. Generally what they did in China when they had captivity, they took people out and killed them. Just took everything they had. And so uh, inside his coat pocket, he had the New Testament. He said, Lord, if I'm going to go out this way, show me what's going to happen. (laughs) And so he reached his hand inside his coat pocket, pulled down and started reading Revelation 19 and 6. And what that says, he says, hallelujah, the Lord God reigns. Did that Chinese man knock the gun out of his hand? The man was looked trembling. He didn't know what went on because Brother Sumro had revelation. He said, I'm not going to die under your hands. He pulled the man up to him. He said, what do you want? He says, we're hungry. 
and we want some money. He gave them the money. He gave them food and said, get out of here. And so when they went to the next place, they said, how did you escape those men? And they testified to the fact that we serve a living God. <laughs> See, the devil can't take you out until God wants you. It was a situation here just in February. The devil could have taken me out. They they told me later, said, uh, oh, Brother Frank, that uh, in regard to that, uh, said, your heartbeat was so slow, it was only 30 beats a minute. He said, if you'd gone down to 25, you'd have flatlined. That means you'd have been dead. So I waited. The nurse told me all that situation. I asked her, when she left the room, I said, would you please shut the door? And she did. And I got mad in the spirit. I started rebuking the devil. I said, I will live and not die. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. I will cast out devils. I will see people healed. I will see freedom come. Devil, you can't do anything about it. Well, about 10 minutes, I went into that. It was a tirade in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> a tirade in the Holy Ghost. That's a high-opening situation right there. So what we're dealing here with the demonic power, and so Daniel, he prayed, he fasted, seeking the face of God. And Michael, who was the prince of war, was having cosmic battle with the prince of Greece and the prince of Persia. And these were fighting him. And so there was cosmic warfare going on. So at that point in time with Daniel, that was taking place. Like I've said before, we don't care what kind of situation goes on. We don't care what kind of power people say they have. But the Bible says we win. We win. We win. I've read the last part of the book, and we win. Glory to God, hallelujah. We're not losers, we're winners. We win for what has happened and has taken place. Hallelujah. The story is told about some missionaries. They were in Africa. And the witch doctor had tried to destroy these missionaries for quite some time. Finally, they came. The witch doctor came and all these men, he says, who are these men arrayed in white clothes that protect you all the time? Who are these men? Are they paid? Or who, who are these? And the missionary started laughing. He said, these are the angels of God. He said, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt my friends. You can't come even close because our God is greater than your God. Oh, well, when that happened, they had a revival in the village. Oh, because God sent his angels. Thank God that he has angels reaching out, touching people, blessing them, protecting them, causing the good things of heaven to come their way. That's our God. Our God is so great, so wonderful. Uh, One of the things you need to study, you need to study about the redemptive names of Jehovah. They're names in Hebrew, but they reflect in what we're talking about. We're talking about how that our God is a great God, how he's a wonderful God. Jehovah Jireh is the Lord, our provision. And then he talks about the fact that Jehovah Nisi with banners, (laughs) the banners that are set up. Ah, He is our banner. We have placed that in front of the enemy. Then you have Jehovah Shalom. He's our peace. He's our righteousness. Jehovah the kingdom. All the redemptive things of God are available to us today. 
All we need to do is reach down and receive what God has already done. He's caused these things to happen. And so as we reflect and we see Daniel, and as we see other men of God, we have had angelic activity going on. In fact, let me show you one here. Now you say, Brother Frank, you're speaking from the Old Testament. Well, we got someone in the New Testament here. Paul, you find this in Acts chapter 27. He was in this ship, and the ship was going down, and he wanted to find out some information. And he already told them, he said, you're not to leave. You're not to do this, because if you do, I fear that things will happen. You read that whole 27th chapter talks about that. It said that they were in the haven because it was not uh, commodious to winter. And so as they took out in the storm, supposing, and it's interesting, it got a place to go on say, and uh, looking for 14, but not after then, what happened? There arose a tempestuous wind called Eurycliton. Now, it's it's like the very winds that we have here called a nor'easter. When you have that kind of wind, a wind comes from every direction, and that generally brings terrible, terrible weather, such as snow and ice and all kinds of things. And this Eurycliton, the winds were coming in every direction, and it was trying to sink that ship. That was, of course, by the enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wanted to destroy Paul. So notice what it says here, and this is in the 27th chapter book of Acts. And uh, when the ship was caught, he couldn't bear up under the wind and let her drive. We let running in a certain island called Claudia. It worked much to get by the boat. When they had taken, they used help in undergirding the ship and fearing they should fall into the quicksand, straight to the sail, and the whole story right there. They hadn't seen the sun or stars in many days. No small tempest lay on us in hope that all should be taken away. But after that, look, look at verse 21. In that same chapter, in verse 21, it says this. But after a long abstinence, that means there was no food, nothing to do. He was fasting. In long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. He said, sirs, you should listen to me. Now, you lose some Crete and you did all these other things. But I exhort you to be a good cheer. There's not going to be any loss of any man among you for the ship. Why? Verse 23. Because there stood by me this night the angel of God. Now, notice what he says, whom I am and whom I serve. Ha, <laughs> ha. Don't tell the devil, isn't it? Whose I am and whom I serve. Speaking to Paul, he says, fear not, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given you them that sail with you. Tells you a little later how many of them, about 276. And uh, notice what it said, saying, fear not, Paul. You're going to come before Caesar. You know, given all those that sail with you. And then what did you say? I believe God, as shall be, as was told me. Howbeit we must cast upon a certain island. And when you the fourteenth night was come. And ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we lost Brother Frank once again. <laughs> so I will give you a couple of announcements on and give him a chance to call back in. And if he hasn't called back in by then, I'll play another song. But it looks like he's back in. And let me go and answer that call. And hold on, everyone. <laughs> Brother Frank, well, you're, you're live on the air. You're live. You're live now on the air. 
then all the angelic activity took place. Paul said what's going to happen. And so they found that. 14 days they hadn't seen the sun. They hadn't seen the moon. And he's nothing. He had taken nothing at all. And then he finally told them, he said, throw everything off the ship. They did that. And where the two seas came together, verse 41, they just tore the ship apart. And the soldiers were counseled to kill the prisoners, lest they should swim out and go scrape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose. And those who could swim threw themselves into the sea to get to land. And then what happened? It came to pass they escaped all safely to land. Then they land on an island called Melita. There are barbarous people there. He goes and makes a little fire. And the next thing happens, he gets bit by a snake. But what did he do? He just threw it off in the fire. And after that, you find in that 28th chapter how they started revival on his way to execution. He was on his way to die in Rome, and that execution was going to take place. And what happened? (laughs) They had a move of God in a place called Melita. It's amazing. Healing of the sick in Melita. They started a church in Melita. And they went back and went back to Rome and did what he told them to do. And once again, we've lost Brother Frank. <laughs> I am so sorry. I guess we're having some cosmic warfare there, eh? Well... I have some good news to share with you that I have been authorized to give anyone who would like to go to River Bible Institute or River School of Worship a full scholarship that you don't have to pay back. And that starts January 2nd. And Brother Frank is with us once again, so if you'll hold, please. That You read that later. Brother Frank, okay. there you are. You're yeah, live on the air again. Uh, i tell you what, we're having fun tonight, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we'll make you fun tonight. So what we're going to yeah. do, we're going to switch off on what we're talking here. We're going to start taking Holy Communion, and that will take us right up to the time to which our allotted time is, and we will finish with that. So take your Bible, turn to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we will read about the Holy Communion. We'll take the Holy Communion, and uh, that's where we will be tonight. Hopefully next week we won't have any interferences because the enemy doesn't want this word out. I detected that right away. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and beginning in verse 23, it tells us these wonderful words having to do with the fact of the Holy Communion. Some call it the Eucharist. Some call it the cup of life. Many times it's mentioned in various ways. But the Holy Communion is so important to our hearts and lives that we need to understand and to read. And the Bible says, as oft as you do it, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. This begins in verse 23. For I have received of the Lord, that which also I deliver to you, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed to bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it, said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner took the cup, when he stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you show the Lord's death until he comes. Hallelujah. So then it goes from there, and it says, when you don't do right, this is what happens. You eat and drink damnation to yourself. If we would judge ourselves, we shall be judged. 
That's what the Word of God says. First Corinthians chapter 11, beginning about verse 23 all the way down through to the end of about uh, in verse 34. All right, you have your emblems ready. We shall take it right now. Take the emblems right And we've lost Brother Frank once again, but he'll be back in just a few minutes, and and that's all right if we've lost him several times because we're still going to get the show finished, and he's going to get the teachings finished, and we're going to take communion together just as soon as he comes back on the air. And just to let you know some uh, announcements here that, that um, oh, here's Brother Frank again. Hold on, please. Yeah. Brother Frank, Brother Frank, you're live on the air again, live on the air. I said, so take your uh, communion, get it ready, and uh, we have a piece of bread. Father, we thank you for allowing your son, the word says, that by his stripes were healed, were healed of every sickness and every disease. And we receive it in fullness, in Jesus' name, shall we eat, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. After the same manner, he took the cup. And when he took the cup, he's up saying, this is the New Testament in my blood. Drink you all of it. We thank you, Lord, that you gave the supreme sacrifice. Every part of your being you gave to mankind. And we receive it in fullness. In the name of Jesus, shall we drink together. Hallelujah. Well, glory. You ought to shout right now. Shout, 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 shout. All right, thanking him, giving him praise, giving him glory, giving him honor. Yeah, I thank you, Jesus, what you've done, what you continue to do. I receive it in fullness right now. By your stripes I'm healed. By your blood I've been saved. Amen. Amen. Glory to the mighty, holy, precious name of Jesus. Well, I tell you what, you've had a time, so. Well, we're going to release ourselves from this right now. And so you all be blessed and have a great night. It's been and, wonderful, uh, Brother Frank. Amen. It's been a good time. Even it's been wonderful. And you, you, your throat sounds much better. You couldn't even tell you had an issue with it yesterday. You Just like you well, said, you said this time tomorrow I'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> okay. I did, didn't I? I said the yes, same thing. Did. I, said, I want to point that out. Yeah. Okay. Well, you be blessed. You too, Brother night. Frank. That was wonderful. You too. God bless you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, everyone, what a powerful night and the anointing and teaching. Every time that every time that Brother Frank comes on, it is so wonderful. It's as if heaven has come down and kissed us. I want to let you know about River Bible Institute that starts January 2nd. And I'm going to play a little little something about that, and you'll get an idea of what it's about. Hold on, please. In the world, there is a problem. People are hurting. People are empty. Some very alone. People are broken. Many are lost. What they need is hope. They need healing. They need love. 
They need a Savior. They need someone who will lay down their life. Someone with the fire of God who will hear God's call and bring Jesus to the world. What they need is a revival. There is a place called the River Bible Institute, a place dedicated to training believers how to live, minister, and flow in the anointing. And it's for anyone, whether your heart is in business or full-time ministry. This is a place the Word of God is taught and demonstrated. The Word will challenge those of you attending to find clarity in your calling and deepen your relationship with the Lord. It will provide you with a new perspective on how to reach the lost for Christ and live in God's life-changing power. It is a place where you will be empowered to make a difference and set your world on fire with revival. God is calling for all believers. Will you answer? That's a good question. Will you answer? If you feel you have the call of God on your life, I have been authorized by administration of the college to give you a full scholarship that you don't have to pay back. How awesome is that? The next intake is in January 2nd, and you um, you can start. You can, you can go to riverbibleinstitute.com, riverschoolofworship.com, and River schoolofgovernment.com and also a wonderful website is revival.com that's r-e-v-i-v-a-l.com and that is where you can watch the services live the church services live where I go to it's the river at Tampa Bay Church 3738 River International Drive Tampa, Florida 33610 The phone number for a 24/7 prayer line is 866-857-48 Wait, 4857-4837. Hold on, let me look cuz that's um that's actually it's 86685, and then it's R-I-V-E-R. So let me look on my phone here and tell you what it is. That would be 857, and then that would be, I mean, 857483. You know what? I don't know at this point, so just go eight. Six six R, wait. Let me try this again. Eight six six eight five, and then R I V E R. Just, I am not going to sit here and try and. I I normally know it. I don't know. It just totally escaped me today, so I don't want to give you the wrong number. So <laughs> anyway, you can go there, and uh, you can you can uh, you can 
call that line for prayer. 4837, I believe it is. 8574837. Just know it's 86685RIVER. So R I V E R. And also, if you have any prayer requests, or if you have any comments, or questions, or testimonies related to Fire Talk Radio, feel free and email me at Fire Talk Radio, and then the number two at yahoo.com. Or you can put a message on the homepage, which is blogtalkradio.com forward slash fire talk radio and the number two. And there should be a place there to put message. And also, if you want to follow the show to know what's going on, you can do that as well. And if nobody has ever told you that God loves you and has a great plan for your life, I'm here to tell you right now, God loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he has a great plan for your life. If you're not sure that if you died this very second, if you would go to heaven, just mean it with your heart and repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. I tell you, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, all your sins are forgiven you. Always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you so much. It's a great plan for your life. It's not exciting news. You know, the Holy Bible, that we said we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short, but but um, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Whoever calls upon his name shall be saved. So you just called upon the name of the Lord, and he saved you. So I just wanted to give you all those announcements. And also, a really wonderful thing about God, besides everything, is our God is a consuming fire. It says in Hebrews twelve twenty nine, for our God is a consuming fire. Fire. And God, he will come with his holy fire and he'll burn out everything in us that's not of him, that's not pleasing to him. He will take all of that out, burn it out, burn out the dross, and he will just make us new. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off myself, but I'm gonna close out the the show with a song by Leland and it's called All Consuming Fire. To let you know that we'll be on next Monday at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and Tuesday at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And maybe this coming Saturday, just uh, keep a look at it. And that's why it's a good thing to follow the follow Fire Talk Radio and then you know what's going on. But I'll try and advertise as much as possible. I'm glad you joined us tonight. Remember, you are loved, you are valuable, you are accepted in the Beloved. He loves you, I love you. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hands and envelop you in his love. Let your kindness draw me.
Let your mercy draw me near. 